Well, let's open our Bibles today. We're going to look at a few things and let's come into faith together just to agree with me as I pray. Father God, we do pray over this word today, Lord, and over this sermon, Lord, that it be the words of God, not the words of man, Lord, that you give us open and receptive hearts to hear in love, to think in love, to receive by your love and to give through your love, Lord, that we by faith, receive everything from you that you would have for us today, that we, that we leave nothing unfinished, but that we hear clearly and know your truth. And it changes us, and from this day forth, we'll never be the same again. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Let's start in uh, Psalm 19. The title of the sermon today is, Why Did I Do That? <laughs> Sounds worse than it is. You know, so many times, it's not what we do. In fact, is let me, let me rephrase that. All the time, it's not what we do, it's why we do it. God never looks at the action. He always looks at the heart behind the action. Right? This is why David was king. God didn't look at his... He didn't look at who he was right then. He looked at the ability within him. And he looked at the things he would do. Amen? He looked at who he made him to be. He, he, he looked at him and he saw the apple of his eye. He saw a man after his own heart. Amen? He saw somebody when he asked, he said, when, he, when he called Abraham, he said, I know he'll command his children after me. You know, God calls people because he knows the heart behind their actions. It's not just calling somebody. It's calling somebody that he knows will do with the right heart, what he said to do. <laughs> Not just do it, do it with the right heart. I remember one time, I disliked mowing immensely. And I have disliked it for years because it was one of my jobs at home that I got to mow the yard. And one day, I mean, I must have been like 10 or 11. And mom said, you need to go mow the yard. And I said, mom, it's really not that bad. And of course, I argued with her, which is really wrong anyway. And I said, it's really not that bad. You know, there's a clump here. You know, you know, the little onions will come up and this has a clump here and a clump there. And I said, it really doesn't look that bad. You know, and I don't want to mow. Mom, I don't feel like mowing. I, Mom, I don't want to mow. The guys are playing. You've ever done that? No? You guys haven't. Well, I have. Don't do it. It doesn't work. She said, there's the mower. There's the gas. Go mow. And so I go out there. And instead of mowing, I take the mower and I hit all these clumps of grass thinking that would be good enough. Why? Because my heart's not in mowing, even a little bit. And guess what? It didn't bless her, even a little bit. It did not bless her, even a little bit. In fact, she said, that's the worst job I've ever seen. And that's what God gets when we don't do things from our heart. He gets the worst job He's ever seen. Amen? And ministry is not a job. Ministry is your life. People say, well, I'm not in ministry. I don't preach. I don't teach. I don't... No, you are in ministry. Every time you walk out these doors, you are infilled with the ability to help others. Everywhere you go, you could walk somewhere and walk in somewhere and just your smile changed the atmosphere of a whole room. You could walk in a room and it'd be all awkward in there. You could tell that that people were, were arguing and the husband and wife were at each other and you walk in and all of a sudden it just changes. 
Why? Because you've got the peace of God and the love of God in you. You are a minister in every situation that you are in. And you have the love of God in you. Amen? If you have the love of God in you, just your presence alone is powerful. Powerful. It is. Powerful to change things. But you're saying, well, what would I do to do it? You don't have to do anything. You have the love of God in you. Just be. If you'll just be who He made you to be in every situation, if you'll believe to, to answer right, if you'll believe to, to not speak before you think, <laughs> do, do I sound really like I know this? Pretty, I do. <laughs> and I'm still working on it all the time. Amen? Because Dave can talk way before his, his heart even has a chance to say anything. Because it's not the head that does all this. You know, everybody says, ah, my head got way out ahead of my heart. You know what? Your heart is where everything powerful comes from. Nothing powerful comes from your head. You believe in your heart. You hope in your heart. Right? Everything, because we get this idea that our head has some kind. Your head's nothing without your heart. Have you ever, right? Your head can be doubting something, but your heart, believe it, and your head has no power whatsoever. Your heart is what matters. That's why God dealt with the heart so much. Because God is a God that, that, that gives out of His heart. And He is the God of love. Amen? And so when we read His Word, we don't want to just say that God did this. We want to say love did this. And every action you see that God does or Jesus does, that's what love would do. Amen? That's how, that's, what, that's how love would react, and that's why it would do it. It's not just what it would do, it's why it would do it. In other words, love caused the reaction. It wasn't, it wasn't that the reaction happened and they said, oh, that was love. No, love caused the reaction. Amen? And that's, that's how our thought life should be. See, we've got this idea that God thinks like us. <laughs> See, we've got this idea that when He tells us to do something, it's for His own good. Well, yeah, sure, he wants us to do that. Sure, he's saying give because that's how the church is going to make it because God doesn't need us to give one penny and every church in the whole world could make it. Right? God does not need us for that reason. Everything he asks us to do is for our benefit. Why? That's what love does. And that is where you get to why did I do that? What was was the motivation behind what you did? What is the motivation behind what God does? Look at John 3.16 and you can see God's whole motivation for everything He does. For God so loved the world, there's His motivation that He gave. Why did He give? Because He loved. Love gave. Amen? And by doing so, who benefited? Everyone who would believe in, in what He gave. Amen? That, that's, that should be us. There should be a verse that said, For Dave so loved Rob that he gave. And what he gave benefited Rob. It's quiet in here. <laughs> what, what if I just gave Rob a hug or a handshake? What, it benefited him if I did it in love. If my motivation was right, if our motivation becomes true and pure, then we 
will do things for the right reason. Did I say a certain to Psalm 19, verse 8? Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Why would it rejoicing rejoice your heart to have to do something? Because that's what people see when they see statutes. Oh, there's the statute. i got to do that. Ten commandments. Oh, boy, there's the ten commandments. Got to do those. You don't got to do them. You get to do them. They benefit you. Right? And if you just do the one that Jesus said, what, what's the one that Jesus said? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor. If you just do that, the other ten are all wrapped up in it. You won't do the other ones. Right? And so everything, the statutes of the Lord are right. First of all, they're not just right. They're good for you. Amen? And they're not bad tasting. They're not like broccoli. (laughs) Okay? Not only are they good for you, they taste good if you'll take them right. Amen? Right? So often we, we take the Word of God like it's hard. It's not hard. His statutes are right, and it rejoices the heart. Amen? The commandments of the Lord are pure. See, this is one you got to get a hold of. Pure means no other motive. Pure means there's no other reason for me to do it other than I love you, and it helps you. Amen? God's commandments are pure. His lo- it's, think about what that says. He's talking about the Lord, right? So let's just look at it this way. It says, the commandment of love, right? Is it talking about God? So we could change that word to love, right? So the commandment of love is pure. See, that's the kind of love he, He's asking us to have and He's given us to, to use. So then your, why you do something can now be decided by His love in you rather than by what is good for you. How many people wake up in the morning and usually make a decision by what's good for me? Okay, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Most people do. I mean, think about this. If, if somebody calls you and says, um, I need some, uh, here's, the, here's the best one. Can you do me a favor? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, if you just say yes, you don't know what they're getting ready to ask you. Yeah, do you got a million dollars I could have in the next hour? No. But, you know, that's, that's a loaded question. Can you do me a favor? Because the first thing that starts reeling off is, okay, they're going to ask me to do something because i got to go to work. i got, I got this. i got this to do. i got, I got the kids. i got the dogs. i got the... I, 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 wait a second. How many eyes did I just say? Because what was I thinking about? I. Right? Can you do me a favor? You know, and, of course, I'm not saying the right answer is yes, for sure, because you don't know that you can do them a favor. Right? But you can always say, I'll try. What is it? Right? But, you know, so many times if people ask us to do something, the, our, our mind starts reeling off all these reasons why we can't. Right? Love will reel off some reasons why you can. Right? Love, love may show you a different way to help them. So many times we throw something away before God's even had a chance to work through us. We say, oh, no, I can't do it. No, I, I can't do it. And so many times we sit and listen to God's Word and we think, yeah, these people around me ought to be helping me. Well, you're not listening to God's Word. You're, you're wanting help, and now you're, you're still being selfish. You're listening for you. <laughs> Ooh, that got quiet. <laughs> you know what? 
if you're hurting, it is especially easy to only hear the Word of God for you. You know, because you're in need and you're hurting. But if you'll hear the Word of God in a way that you could use it for somebody else, then it'll allow God to work in you and through you in a greater measure. Amen? The, the biggest way God will help you many times is He'll say, oh yeah, you're down and out? Go help somebody who's down and out. Well, I don't have anything. you got hands and you got feet. Yeah, you can walk there, you can serve dinner, you can, you can do all kinds of things. God will have you help somebody. Why? Because that, first of all, gets your mind off you. Right? <laughs> God's ways are pure. He's not, he's not trying to get you to do something because it's good for Him. Everything He wants us to do is good for us. And, and he's think, every thought that he has is to get you more, to get you to increase you, but he has to get you to a place where he can. Amen? And, and, as he, and if, we, if we remember he doesn't think like us, then we can remember to think like him. Right? Because sometimes we get caught up in this thing, uh, God thinks just that way too. No, he doesn't. You know, God's merciful... Where, where our, it's like Brother Moore said the other night, his patience is just starting when ours ends. His mercy is, is, hadn't even begun to get off the ground when ours ends. His mercy is so great, he'll have mercy in situations that you would completely walk away from and throw away. And God will be merciful to him. Why? Because mercy is an aspect of love. It is a product, it is love in a different word. If you look it up in the, in the Strong's Concordance, it'll say love. Mercy is love of God. What were the people asking for when they wanted to be healed and they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, have, son of David, have mercy on me. What are they saying? They're saying, love me. Why did they get something every time? You can't call on the love of God and not get something. It is unfailing. It is an impossibility to call on the love of God and, not, and something not happen because it's unfailing. If it fails, his love wasn't involved. Right? People say, well, I've, I've called on the love of God and it failed. No, you didn't. You may have thought you called on the love of God, but if you called on the true love of God and believed in that love, so that's the first thing people need to learn about. Is they need, Well, we're not getting anywhere on these notes. <laughs> the first thing people need to learn is how much God loves them. That's, that's why I'm, I'm convinced, you know, the Baptist church... John 3.16 is up over all of them. But I'm convinced if people would look at that verse and grab hold of that verse and say, God so loved Dave. God so loved me. And not only did he give Jesus, but he gave him so that I didn't have to have a life full of destruction. That's what the word perish means. It means destruction and being destroyed. He said that you not have to be destroyed, but you have everlasting life. That everlasting life starts right now. It, didn't, it doesn't start the day you cross the pearly gates. That everlasting life, that non-destroying life. Is that a word, non-destroying? It is today. Undestroying, how about that? I'm going with un, I like un better. <laughs> undestroyable. I become undestroyable. Is that indestructible in another word? Huh? Glory to God. We'll make up some new words today and they'll all make work. They'll all make good sense to me. Thank you, Lord. 
But if we could get a whole, I used to tell people, and I think I, when I was preaching last week, I told somebody this. But when they say, what, where should I read? What, what, I just got saved. What, what, uh, what should I start reading in the Bible? You know, I'm going to start at Genesis and read to Revelation. I'm like, don't, please. Don't, please. You will not understand God or His character one bit if you start that way. Go to the book of John. You know why I tell them to go to the book of John? John said, I am the one that Jesus loved. John lived to be 120. They couldn't kill John. Why? Because he knew God loved him. What, what, do you, what happens to you when you know God loves you? You become indestructible. They tried to do things to John that no, that no human could go through, and he lived. And it doesn't say he lived in pain and sorrow. He, he wrote the books of John about how much God loved us from the island of Patmos, right? Which was a jail island. But he still knew God loved him. Amen? So I say start in the book of John and work your way out. Right? Don't read the Old Testament until you know God loves you. Because <laughs> you, you will come out of that saying, what? He hardens who? He hardens and he's mercy on mercy. He, he does what? He, he caused him to kill everybody? <laughs> you, you, you won't see him right. But if you see him right... You can read the Old Testament and you say, oh, I see what he was doing. He, he loved us and this could not happen for us to get where, he, where, we were trying to, where he's trying to get us. Every action of God is love. So if it doesn't look like love, you're not seeing it right. That's, that's the easiest way to do it. People say, well, God did this bad thing. No. It, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says love does bad things. It doesn't say that. And so if it looks as though love did something bad or evil... It is an impossibility because evil is failing. Love is unfailing. Amen? Don't know what this has to do with our sermon, but somebody needs to hear it today. Amen? There's, there, is a, there is a one CD out here, and it's, it's probably out here. If it's not, they need to get it. It's called God Loves Me. Brother Moore taught it before he ever... He's got a new one, actually, that he taught somewhere around here, actually. But there's a really old one called God Loves Me. And if anybody, you ever see somebody that's just got saved or is dealing with lots of stuff, and they say, well, we need something on deliverance. You don't need something on deliverance. You need something on God Loves Me. Go get that CD and listen to it until your ears can't hear anything else. Amen? Glory to God. It'll change your life. Wow. God's not like us, is He? He doesn't think like us, but He gives us His mind and His ways and His Spirit. Is it, what's it say? It says, no one has known the mind of Christ, but we ha- or the mind of God, but it says, we have the mind of Christ. So in other words, what He's saying, He's saying, you can think like me. You don't have to think like you anymore. You can think in love. Amen? And then you'll know, before you start, your motive will be right. You won't get into what you're doing and, and, and then change your motive. Oh, yeah, now, now I see. I'm going to change. No, you'll start with the right motives. Right? Love will now be your motive for everything you do. If love's your motive for everything you do, it'll, keep, it'll let you do a lot more. Right? Uh, uh, selfishness doesn't do anything. Right? <laughs> so if love's your motive, you'll do a lot more. You guys with me? It's just true. If, if, if our motivation changes, but what we've got to do is we've got to see God. Look at Matthew 5, 8. We want to do it with a pure heart. 
So we want to know why we do things. Okay? Think about Christmas. Christmas has not become a season of giving. It's become a season of trading. Right? Um, oh, they got me a gift. Great. Back to the mall because they got me a gift. I got to go get them one. Right? Because, I mean, everybody knows that if somebody gets you a gift, you got to go get them a gift. Well, now it's no longer a gift. Right? See, we got people trying to do this with God. Right? They're working for their salvation. You can't just have grace. You know what? You can't get grace another way. The only way to get it is receive it freely. (laughs) The word itself means undeserved favor. You can't get it. Right? Any other way. And we got people working to do things like that. And it makes their motivation wrong. Amen? It says in Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the ones that don't have ulterior motives. Right? (laughs) No, we don't like it that way, do we? That's what he's saying. He's saying blessed are people who aren't thinking about something else. They're only thinking about God. Right? They're seeking first the kingdom of God, for they shall see God. In other words, with with, with other motives, with other things, with other gods, with with, with too many distractions, then you're not going to be able to see God's plan. It's not just that they're not saying you'll go to heaven. They're saying you can't see and understand God's ways without a pure heart. Right? In other words, what's your motivation? You could give somebody $100 for the wrong reason and never see what God was trying to do. You'll never receive the blessing, the true blessing. If you got a thousand-fold return off that $100, you'd never see the true blessing of God in that $100. Because with a pure heart, you give that $100 and you expect the most for the person you're giving it to. Amen? And then if you expect that way, He'll show you what that $100 truly did. And it wasn't the harvest that you got off of. Amen? The true harvest of giving is what it does to the receiver. Right? What did God's gift do to you? It saved you. It healed you. It, right? It gave you peace. Huh? It gave you joy. Right? It, it will make you rich. Right? But it, it puts the blessing on you. Right? The gift of God did that to you. Right? When, when we try to work for that gift, we take its value away. Right? When... <laughs> When, I, when you get me a present and I go out and give you get one for you because you gave me one, I just took the value of your gift away. Right? And, and if you gave me a gift expecting a gift back, your gift had no value to start with. Woo! I'm not being ugly. And I want to learn how to give. Don't you guys want to learn how to give? Giving is not just... A, an instrument for you to, to for you to get. Yes, it is a way you will harvest. We serve a good God, and you cannot outgive Him. But giving with the right motivation will change your life and will truly change the life of the receiver, which is what you should have been motivated to do in the first place. Amen. Pure heart. A pure heart's motive is always the person that it's giving to. Amen? Everybody with me? Why do we need a pure heart? So that we can see how God does things. We've got this love, now we need to know what to do with it. 
right? He puts the love of God in you. You need to know what to get. You need to know what to do with it. Have a pure heart first, and He'll work through you all these good things. Amen. Because you'll see God. If you see God, you'll do it like God. Okay. If if you don't know someone's character, and you see them do something, you judge their character by their action, right? That's why the devil spent so much time trying to make God look bad because they want us to judge the character of God by what the devil says is God, which is not God. Amen? But as our action is motivated by love, then people will see the love of God in it. They won't see, oh, they just did that so that they could tell everybody they gave me this or that. Right? Amen? Everybody with me? Everybody with me? And our giving should come from where? Our heart. Everything we do comes from our heart. Let's look at, look, here, look at uh, Luke 4.18. I'll show you something God showed me. See what you guys think. Luke 4.18. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke 4.18. I know it's coming up. Here it comes. There it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, if everything you have comes from your heart and your heart's broke, what will God need to fix first? Your heart. What did Jesus do? He came to heal the brokenhearted. Every person that ever got born again, every one of you, me, he healed our broken hearts. Now our hearts have the ability to love the way he loves. Our hearts have the ability to produce peace and joy the way he produces peace and joy. He healed our hearts. Amen? If you look it up in the, in the, in the Youngs, it says a crushed spirit. In other words, have you seen people who are hurt? They don't help nobody. Why? They're hurt. They're hurt. They're broken hearted. Their spirit's crushed. Right? Jesus said, I came to heal the broken hearted. <laughs> David said in several occasions, he said, my heart is fixed. And everybody looks at it like my heart's fixed. I look at it like his heart's fixed. <laughs> What's he saying? I can do all the way. He said, trusting in the Lord. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. So I'm not the brokenhearted anymore. I now have a healed heart. I have a heart that's been born again. And now I have a heart that is able to do the things in it and through it that God always desired it to do from Adam. Amen? And now, through our hearts, we are able to take in what God has for us and give out what God has through us. Amen? This is important, guys, because we've got too many people that, that, that their, their, their thinking is... Uh, well, let's look at it this way. The, the church is not a hospital for Christians. <laughs> right? It's not where you come because your life's a mess. I'm not saying that you shouldn't come here if your life's a mess, but that's what we've relegated the church to. It has become a place where, you know, the only time you really need church really is if your life's a mess. Those are just messed up people. They need to go to church. Church is a place where we intake all this goodness and we learn more of the character of God and we walk out and become what this Word says we are to the world. It is a training center for Christians, not a hospital. Amen? We're not here to bandage people up all day. We're here to encourage everyone and encourage one another to go out and be the love of God. Amen? And so our motives must come through this healed heart 
through this whole heart. And then what did God always ask us to do after that? He said, do everything with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your heart. Why? Because you've got a heart that can do it now. Love, he said, I don't want part of your heart. Why? Because if, if he only has part of your heart, there's other motives. There's other things you're looking at. There's other ways you could do it. He wants all your heart. He says, serve me wholeheartedly. Amen? And that's the way he wants us to serve. Right? Not because we have to. Let's look at a couple other things. Look at uh, Luke 18. We want to do things with the right motive. We want to do things to get the right results. You know, I don't want people to always... You know, it's too much of a pat answer for people to say, yeah, let me pray for you, and then you pray and you leave and nothing's changed. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. I want, I want to pray and I want things changed. So the motive, I can't control the motive of the receiver's heart, but I can, I can control the motive of the giver's heart. So when I pray for somebody, I want to know that I prayed out of the love of God truly for the change in their life that they're, that they're believing for. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> Luke 18, verse 10. It says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. In other words, <laughs> he had one motive, and it was him. He said, I thank thee, God, that I'm not as other men, an extortioner, unjust, adulterer, or even as this publican. And then he started mentioning off his works. I, tithe, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all I possess. Well, what, what does his religion benefit? Him, he, and I. Right? And, and we, got, we got a lot of people that, are, that, you know, people say, oh, I'm glad I'm not that way. You know what? So many times we do become that way. When we have a need and we say, you know, I, I, you know I've, heard, I've said it and I've heard it. Let's put it this way. I've, said, I've been a person that said it and I've been a person that's heard it. You know, I don't know why I'm going through all this trouble. I tithe. That's what he just said he tithed. Huh? You know, I go to church every week, sit on the front row. I don't know why I'd have any trouble in my life because that's not, <laughs> that's not what motivated God. Your tithe did not motivate God. Your tithe should have been motivated by the love of God towards God so that God was able to open the windows of heaven and bless you that way. But, you know, we're too quick to say, well, I do this and I do that and I'm a pretty good person. You know what? That's not why God gives to us. Right? It, it, that's not it. And that's not what makes this person as good as he thinks he is. Right? And people say, well, I don't th- think like that person. When we question God in that way, we're thinking just like this person. Right? And, and our heart is wrong. His heart is wrong. If we're going through something, we shouldn't even say, what did I do? We should say, Lord, help. Right? When Peter was sinking, did he go, Lord, what did I do wrong? You know, you said, come, here I am. Tell me what I did wrong. No, he said, help. Why? He was sinking. Right? Amen. The other guy, he gets up and he stands afar off. He he wouldn't even lift up his eyes unto heaven. We're not unworthy. We We don't want to go there. But he smote his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In other words... I don't want to tell you what I did or could have done. I want mercy. That's what we should be asking for all the time. 
Mercy. When we go into a situation, when we're going to talk to somebody, Lord, say, say, be merciful through me. Let your love flow through me in this situation. People say, well, you know, all i got to do is go to work tomorrow. Everywhere that you work is your field. Every, if you go to Walmart to buy groceries, you're in your field. Yeah, yeah Walmart's your field. You're, you're just looking for somebody. You're looking for, there, there's something to do everywhere we go. I was, I've, I've been at the airport a whole bunch in the last couple of years, and, and you know how many people are oblivious to God completely? Guess what? If Jesus comes back tomorrow, they're not going. That should bother us. <laughs> I'm not saying we should be sad. I'm saying we should look at everywhere we go the way Jesus looked. He looked out and He saw the crowds and He was moved with compassion because they were sheep without a shepherd. But He wasn't saying, I can't help. He was saying, I can help. We need to look at everywhere we are as the next place God has for us to be. Amen? Different motive. Why am I here? To buy groceries? No. That's not just why you're there. You're there to be a light. You're there to be salt. Somebody needs you that day. If you walk out and you don't do anything, say, I wonder what I did. No, you did something. As long as you operated in His love, something happened through you. (laughs) It's it's truth. We've got through page one. We're not going to do our notes today, obviously, right? (laughs) Amen. Amen. God said, Jesus said in Mark 7, verse 6, he said, he said, well, did Isaiah prophesy to you of you hypocrites as it is written, these people honor me with their lips and their heart is far from me. I don't want to be somebody who just talks about how good God is. I want to be somebody who shows his goodness. Amen? People say, yeah, if he blesses me, I'll let everybody know. No. <laughs> then they'll say, yeah, he blessed you. Wow. And they're still the same. Everything He gives us is to help other people with. I'm not saying He's saying give to people. You don't give to, to just because people are needing. You give because the Lord tells you to give. You know, I so appreciate that of the Moors. I, I know, you know, people all the time are saying, give us this, give us that. The Moors don't give to anyone or anything until the Lord says, give to it. Why? Because that's its true value. Its greatest value is when the Lord says, give. Because you could give to something that the Lord told, did not want you giving to at all. He had a totally different plan. Right? Wow, I have no idea how we're going to get back on these notes, but we are. We don't want to worship God with just our lips. We don't want to just be talkers. We don't want to come to church and say amen and hallelujah, raise our hands when we're singing. We want to walk out the doors, have the same smile we had at church out there. Amen? and be there for others, right? Be out there for others. Everyone in here should be hearing me say, you be out there for others. If you're in here thinking I'm the one they need to be out there for, your thinking is wrong. You're in church. You're supposed to, you have the love of God in you. Go do something with the love of God that's in you. Right? If you'll do something with the ability He's given you, He'll give you more ability. Amen? Do something with the ability. Quit. Think. You're not doing anything with your ability if all you're thinking about is you're the victim. You're not the victim. 
you are a victor. And I hear people, all, I mean, people in church should never say, I'm poor. You can't be poor. You, financially, you may not have a lot of money, but you are rich because you have Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? It's not possible. And if you'll become rich spiritually, if you'll become rich in your heart, then He could make you rich another way. But He can't do anything for you till your heart is pure. Because He won't lose you over money. Right? He bought you with something much greater than money, and He will not lose you over it. I like this. You guys like it? Yeah. Let's look at Hebrews 4. Yeah, it's only, what is it, 12, 10, 11.30. Too many time zones. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. People say, well, I've been claiming this word, and I've been saying this, and I've been saying that. The word is a, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. If you say, it says in the word, give and it shall be given unto me, the word first discerns the first word you said, give. Did you really give? The word takes that, looks at your heart. <laughs> And it discerns, did you really give? Or were you investing? <laughs> we got a lot of investors. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I believe in prosperity with all my heart. I do. I believe that God wants everybody in here well taken care of. But He's not into trading. This is not the stock market. He may take you and, and, and have you invest in the stock market and say this will be a good thing for you and you'll be able to reap from this. He may give you a lot of wisdom in a lot of ways. But first He's going to look at your heart. I wanted to prosper so bad when I started into business because I wanted to have all the things I ever wanted. That's what prosperity was to me. Me having all the things that I ever wanted and I didn't have to worry. You know, because you got enough money, you don't got to worry about anything. Looks to me like people with a whole bunch of money worry about lots of stuff if they ain't got Jesus. Amen. Right? Glory to God. The Word will take our... our it, 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 it doesn't just take what we say. It looks into our heart and sees if what we're saying matches up with what we believe. If, if it... If it, it right? It says it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a heart. And so what it's doing is it's checking out. Every time you say, Lord, I believe your word, and it says this, and the, and the word's saying, do you? Amen? Right? Because it looks at the motive of the heart. And, and when you say, when you come to God and you say, well, I gave, Lord, why didn't this happen? Then he says, no, you didn't. Say, so you sure I did? Yeah, I had $100 and I handed it to them and I gave it. No, you, you just told me what you did. You had $100 and you handed it to them. The motivation of your heart was not towards them. It was towards your, you and what you did. And now you're expecting something from me because you did. Right? And I'm not saying we should. <laughs> I don't want to get confusing here. Hope is an expectation. Right? Hope. 
true hope in Jesus Christ, true hope in the Word of God. But if, if, if all we're doing is we don't care about the person or the situation, we just want to give because we need to step back and see what we get from it, that's not true giving. And even if you, even if you receive a harvest off that gift, it'll never be as good as it can be if the motivation of your heart is love for that person you gave to first. Amen? Because then you'll see what the gift did before you see what the gift gave. Right? Because what the gift does is it gives it the value of, of what is given back to you. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody? God's helping us. He's going to help us. He, he won't leave us out there. Well, I don't even know what I did with all my notes. Did they fall? Oh, they're upside down. That's what it was. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Where are we going to go from here? God is so good to us. So when we look at the Word of God, we don't want to just get it in our head. You don't just put it on your mirror. You want to believe it. And you want to believe not only what it will do for you, but what it will do through you. Right? In other words, when it says, my God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory, we don't want to just think, Paul wasn't just thinking, great, my needs are met, I don't have to think about that. And he's thinking, my needs are met, now I can get to the next place. Everything Paul did had another motive. Every, everything he did had an outreach. When Paul saw money coming in, he saw souls being saved. When, Paul saw, when, he, saw, when he saw a gift coming, he said, he said, that will abound to your account, and we will be able to preach the gospel. Amen? That's, that's God vision. That's, that's blessed is the pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen? Everybody with me still? Let's look at, let's look at a pure heart. Let's, let's just look at a pure heart. Luke 5, 17. Let's look for a good motive here. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy, and they sought to bring him in. Men did this. wonder why. They just wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to see what was going on at the meeting. They wanted Jesus to see them. Bring in the guy. Look at us, Jesus. We're bringing in the guy on the mat. Hmm? Don't look at the guy on the mat. Look at us. He ain't doing nothing. He's just laying there. We're walking him in. Come on, Jesus. No. No. No, that wasn't their motive at all. Was it? They said they sought by means to bring him in and to lay him before the God. You know, the thing is, is they weren't just looking for anything, they were looking for nothing to benefit them. They were moved with the same love that Jesus was getting ready to move in. Amen? The compassion that Jesus worked in was working in them. you got to have compassion to carry somebody up on a roof because I'll guarantee you that's a dead weight. That was work that day. Right? For no credit whatsoever. No other motive. It doesn't say later that they came back and said, Hey, Jesus, you see us? We were the guys on the roof, man. We broke... Ah, look at us. Got something for us? How about a little blessing, Jesus? Come on. 
No, there's nothing that says anything about it. Too many gifts given that way. Too many gifts. It doesn't. You know what? The size of your gift does not buy you anything. Right? If you gave $2 billion, that's nothing to God. It was the heart that it was given with that gave it its value. If you gave $2 billion with a two-cent heart, two cents is its value. Why are we talking about this? Because we want, we're givers. The people of Faith Life Church are givers. And we want to give and we want, our, we want to see the fruits of our giving, the true fruits, the change in people's lives, the, the difference it made, and we want to see the harvest of our giving as well. But we'll never get the full harvest until we see the full fruit. Amen? Okay. They brought him in to lay him before him and when they could not find a way in because of the multitude they went up they went up on the housetop and they let him down through the tile with his couch into the midst before Jesus and all the Pharisees and the doctors of the law looked up and said wow those people have faith you know isn't that interesting all these church people were there they didn't look up and see the the faith at all did they all these churchy people Right? They go to church every, every time the doors are open. By golly, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, they be in church. Right? They didn't look up and see their faith. They didn't even see it as a good thing. They probably looked up and said, Can you believe they just tore a hole in this man's roof? What were they thinking? You know what? They were thinking, I love this man. And the love of God in this room can heal this man. They believed in the power of the love of God to heal him that day, that moment, so greatly that they were willing at any cost to get him there. Amen? Amen. So it doesn't matter what the other people saw. Jesus looked up and saw their faith. What was their faith in? You don't, God, God only sees faith in God. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't see faith in faith. You see people all the time say, Man, I got faith. What do you got faith in? Yeah, I got this with my faith. No, you didn't. You got it with faith in God. And God got it for you because you had faith in Him. Amen? Jesus said, have faith in God. The sentence doesn't stop at have faith. And it says, if you have faith in God, you can say unto the mountain, be ye removed. Right? You have to go back up to the sentence that he started with. Have faith in God. Not just have faith. Have faith in God. You know, we've got too many people looking to men for their answers. Men ain't your answer. And if men give you your answer, you got a lower form of answer than you ever could have gotten from God. Amen? These men weren't this guy's answer. The answer was who they were getting him before. Right? They were giving him to the answer. Right? And so when he saw their faith, he said unto the man, he saw their faith, said unto the man, your sins are forgiven. Of course, we know the rest of the story. Everybody got mad. Well, what's he doing forgiving sins? Same thing. Healing, your sins are forgiven. I take away what made you sick. You can't be sick anymore. Amen? But it never says anything more about these men. But they saw the fruit of their, of their seed that day. They saw everything they wanted because their motive was pure. 
what they wanted. What if it, what if what if they'd have wanted to be seen? What if what if they'd have wanted something besides that man's healing that day? Would he have been healed? Would they have gotten on the road? They wouldn't have probably. They'd have, they'd have went in and they said, "Well, too busy. Sorry, man. You know we can't see the preacher, so if we can't see the preacher, there's no reason going to the church." Wow. Yeah, if we can't meet with the preacher, I don't know why I'd go to that church. (laughs) The preacher did what the preacher was there to do. He laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Amen? And he never took time to shake those four guys' hands. You know what? We took this guy up on the roof, tore a hole in the roof, let him down. Jesus didn't even shake our hands after service was over. I give every Sunday. I sit on the front row. I work in the clean team. I go out on the parking lot every time they call me and ask me to do something. And I can't even meet with the preacher and shake his hand after service. What's the motive of your heart? Is that what you wanted? Is that all you wanted for everything you did? Well, you're going to be just like the guy that prayed with himself. (laughs) No, that's not what we're looking for, right? We're looking for what these guys were looking for. What were they looking for? Our love to make a difference in his life because that love will. Amen? And they lowered him through the roof and the love of God did what the love of God does. Never heard another word about these four men. Amen? Why? Because they got the fruit of what they came to get. That's, that's, a, that's right heart. That's pure motives. When we do things like that, God is able to make all grace abound in us and through us. Those are the kind of things. What does he say? He said, give what you purposed in your heart to give. Right? That's how he says give. That doesn't just mean for money. Give on the clean team what you purposed in your heart to give. Give in the parking lot what you purposed in your heart to give. If it was your best, give your best. If it was your least, give your least. Give unto people, give unto men, give unto God. Give what you purposed in your heart to give. So what do you want to purpose in your heart? The best gift. You want your motivation to be true. You want your motivation to be of the greatest value it can be. Right? Because what you purpose in your heart is what you truly gave. If you wrote a different number on your check than what your heart purposed... The gift was recorded in heaven is what your heart purposed. (laughs) I'm not correcting anybody today. This is really encouraging. This means we can have the full value of our gift, guys. I want the full value of my gift. I want people's lives changed. I don't want to give $100 to someone that means nothing except one night stay in a motel and and a can of soup. I want them to know God loves them. Amen? Amen? Amen. And I want them to know that that love can change their life and bring them off of that sickbed. And it doesn't mean that I have to be the one that lays hands on them, but I want to get them to where they got to go. Amen? This is good news. This isn't bad news. This is what what we're here for. Amen? 
Look at 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3. Look at it in the Amplified. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3. Amplified. You know, I like these screens. They make you look taller and thinner. I feel like I've lost 10 pounds today. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3. I can go somewhere and eat really fat food today, huh? Yeah. I lost weight. You saw it on the screen. Recalling unceasingly before our God and Father your work energized by faith. What? By faith what? Faith in God. Anytime you guys see faith from now on, see faith in God. There's too many people got faith in faith right now. Don't have faith in faith. Have faith in God. God is your answer. God is, God is who loves you. God is the, is the provider. He's your, he's your source and supply. He's your everything. Have faith in God. Energized by your faith and service motivated by what? Love. What's our motivation for everything we do? Love. If you're, if, when, when somebody says, can you do this? It's not time to say, yeah, that sounds great. Wait and see what your love says. People say, well, love would just say yes all the time. No, sometimes love would defer to somebody else that's supposed to do it because they need it worse than you do. Right? (laughs) Yeah, but it made me feel good. That's all you get. Hope you felt good for at least five minutes because that was your reward. Right? (laughs) We're not doing things to feel good. We're doing things to make a difference. And, yeah, making a difference will make you feel good. Right? But it'll make you feel good for more than five minutes. Because have you, you ever just woke up and knew you were in the will of God? One day, you're just like, everything I, I know right here. You know, and it may be an ugly day outside, but you're smiling so big because you know at this moment in time, you're in the perfect will of God. And that's the place to be. Amen? It says your, 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 your work energized by faith and your service motivated by love and unwavering in hope... For the return, I don't know that I agree with all the the things I added there. I think your hope is now, right? Every your 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 faith is your faith. Your work's energized by faith. It's motivated by love, and it never quits hoping. Not just for the return of Jesus Christ, but that you'll go when He returns. Amen. My hope is that every person that I meet, that God gives me an opportunity to be a part in their life, that if Jesus came tomorrow, they would leave with me. People say, oh, you mean you believe in pre-trib, post-trib? I don't know. Post, I'm going on the first bus. <laughs> Amen? It ain't going to be pretty down here without the Holy Ghost. Now that's just, that's just a whole other thing for the devil to get Christians confused and divided over. Pre-trib, post-trib... Blah, blah, blah. When the trumpet sounds, go. My dad used to whistle at dinner time, and we came to dinner when dad whistled. And we could be miles away and hear the whistle, and we came to dinner. Why? It was dinner time. When the trumpet sounds, that's your cue, people. <laughs> let's, let's not get divided, amen? James 3. 16. <laughs> it says, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and evil, every evil work. Envy and strife. 
Why is that? It's selfish, motivated only selfishly. Envy is I want what you have. You have it, I don't have it. I need, I need it. Why does he have it? Why, why does he have it and I not have it? Huh? That's, that's selfish. Selfish motives, selfish motives. I want that. People give out of envy. Jesus was killed out of envy. Right? Because they didn't want him having their, their congregation. These people are going to get stirred up and start following Jesus. Doggone right they did. Yeah. Envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, what's it first? What's the first thing the wisdom that is from above is? Pure. It doesn't have another motive. It's pure. Envy and strife always has another motive. It doesn't want just because it wants. It wants because it wants. It, if, if, it, if it gets you to do something, it's going to manipulate you into doing something that's better for it. Right? Okay. I've done that. You got kids and you've never done this. But, you know, there were times when Ramsey would come to us and she'd say, Dad, can we do this? And I knew if, if, if I said yes, it was going to cause me more trouble than it was worth. And so I said, no, you can't do that. Does that make that right or love or pure? No. I didn't pray. What if she was supposed to minister to somebody or who she was going to have over was somebody that would have been ministered to in our household, but I no longer... You know, people, we don't want to just look at these things as great big problems. They're little bitty things sometimes. We must move in love at all times. If you say no and your heart checks you right after that, be willing and, le- and unprideful enough to say, you know, I was wrong. Call your friends. Let's have them over. Amen. Right? Yes. You know what? I was wrong. We are going to go there tonight. Right? Yeah, I know we've been somewhere every night this week, and I'm tired, and it would do it. And, and what? It's Monday night? Ooh, Monday night football. <laughs> I'm a little bit sorry here, but uh, you've asked the wrong person at the wrong time. Can Monday night football change our motive? Yes, it has changed mine before. Why? Because I couldn't see God. I wasn't pure. <laughs> see, you're looking at me. I'm the one that messed up, not y'all, right? You just, you just look at Dave and say, Oof, thank you, Lord, for helping him. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not as him. Yeah. <laughs> It's first of all pure. Why? Because then it can be peaceable. Then it can be gentle. Where's where's the verse? Put it up here. The wisdom of God. Did I give it to you, James 3? Yeah. The wisdom of God that is from above is first pure. Then. Notice it added the word then. If it's not first pure, then doesn't happen. Then it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Did you know that pure hearts are never high maintenance. Right? If somebody gives you something and you know that it's going to be a hassle that they gave it to you, then they're not really giving it to you. That's called strings attached. And it's going to be high maintenance. Because later on they're going to say, oh, I guess you don't remember I gave that to you. Huh? Yeah. Don't take, don't take gifts with strings. Don't give gifts with strings. Once you give something, you give as you gave it unto the Lord. Because if you'll give it unto the Lord, He'll be able to take that gift and make it the greatest it could be.
Amen. It won't just bless the giver. It will enlarge, or the receiver, it will enlarge the receiver. And it will make a bigger difference in their life than just the gift that was given. But if you gave it and you continue to remind people you gave it, I'm not saying don't let them give a testimony that God gave them a car, but remember, God gave them a car. He just used you. That's like saying the hose gave me water. The hose didn't give you water. The spigot that the hose was plugged into gave you water. You were just the hose. <laughs> right? <laughs> giving is, is a great thing, but it needs to be giving. Amen? It's easy to be entreated. It, it, it is easy. Easy. It's not high maintenance. If, if you're high maintenance when you give or if you're high maintenance when you receive, if you receive something and then every time you have another need, you go sit next to that person and you talk to them, oh, man, that gift you gave me, that was so great. Ah, man, we, we have loved that. We're in a lot of trouble right now, you know. But that gift you gave me was good. But now we just, you know, we're a little short. We don't have groceries this week. But, boy, that, that, uh, those gifts... You're, you're God, God was really working through you, you know. About a thousand dollars what we're short right now. <laughs> no, uh, high maintenance, high maintenance. Amen. Easy to be entreated, full of mercy. The wisdom of God that is pure is full of mercy. In other words, it ain't judging you and it isn't giving you this gift and saying, here you go, you can have this because you messed up. No, it has nothing to do with you messed up. It's merciful. It's full of mercy. You can have this because God loves you. It's the only reason you can have it. God loves you. Do you need another reason? Huh? And people say, well, you've got to teach them, you've got to correct them. That ain't my job. It ain't my job. My job is to do what God told me to do. People say, well, God told me to give this and tell you this. And God told you to give this and tell them that you love them. Right? If, if they can receive more than that, he'll give you more to say to them. But you know what? If they can't receive God loves me, how are they going to receive anything else you tell them? Right? If somebody, if you go to somebody and say, God loves you, and they say, yeah, right, you're done. Because if they can't believe in that love, they can't believe in the gifts of the love. Right? What Jesus said, he said, you believe in me, believe in the Father, you know, believe in the works. What's he saying? If you can't believe that I am him, at least believe in the works. Right? Full of mercy. Did I lose anybody? Full of mercy and good fruits. In other words, the, the, the pureness of God, the gift, the wisdom that's pure, is full of mercy and produces good fruits. Amen? It, it produces good fruits. In other words, it's not just your harvest. It produces good fruits. It does something good for somebody else. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. In other words, it's not giving saying, I'm better than you. It's not giving saying, you, you, you know, the only reason I'm doing this is because you need it. And I'm, it's, not, it's giving because it loves. It doesn't say, for God so loved the world because it needed him, he gave his only begotten son. It said he so, he so loved the world that he gave. It, doesn't, it mentions no need. Yes, we did need it, but it doesn't mention he didn't give it out of need, he gave it out of love. 
Don't give out of need, give out of love. If you're giving out of need, expect that to be the end of it because that was the need was fulfilled, you took care of it, the end. That's all the fruit there is. If you gave out of love, it has an unfailing limit. If you give a gift in love, it is infinite. It never stops. It'll, it'll have value when the value of the $100 is gone. It'll have heart value. It will have made a difference. Amen? Glory to God. Are we getting it? I'm getting it. I'm about to get it. I'm about to get happy. Let's, let's close the 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 and 2. Or 1, something like that. Somewhere around 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 14, look at 1. See if that works. Yeah. Yep. Follow after love. Charity is the other word for love, right? Follow after love. This is what we're to do. Here's our assignment, guys. Follow after love. Desire spiritual gifts. Remember what this comes after. There weren't, there weren't chapters and verses written in the Bible. This was a big, long letter. And this comes right after the love chapter, right, where he talks about love is patient and kind, and that love, uh, if you give your body to be burned and have not love, it has no value. If you give everything you have to the poor, but you don't have love, it has no value. Right? So what he's saying, after all this talking about love, he's saying, follow after that way. In other words, go that direction. Every direction you go every day. In other words, let your life be motivated by love and seek spiritual gifts. Why? Because this love, through this love, the spiritual gifts have value. Without love, anybody ever seen someone prophesy without love? Well, it ain't fun. Right? It usually ends with you're going to hell if this doesn't happen. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's prophecy without love. Thus saith the Lord, you are an awful heathen and you've done horrible things. And unless you do this, this, and this, thus saith the Lord. You know what? I don't know who's prophesying that, but it ain't love. And if love ain't prophesying it, God ain't prophesying it. Amen. Right? It says follow after love because then your gifts have value. If you're following after love, your spiritual gifts have value, and yeah, you do want to prophesy then. Why? Because you're following after love. You're getting ready to tell people things that can change their life. It doesn't make you a prophet. It makes you one that told somebody God's good to them. You want to you hear a prophecy? God loves you. <laughs> That's a prophecy. Yeah, it's true. It's out of the Word, and it's through God, and it's through love. Amen? But, it, but love is what gives our lives value. It's what gives what we do with our lives value. If love becomes our motivation, life will occur in the receiver. Amen? If love becomes our motivation, change will be made in the situation or the circumstance because of that love, not because of the gift. The gift made a place for the love. Right? Say in Proverbs, the man's gift makes room for him. The gift made room for the man. The gift makes room for the love. When we give as unto the Lord, we make room for his more love in us and through us. The gift is merely a way to get the love in. Amen? doesn't matter how big your gift is because it's still only a door opener. 
but I gave a million dollars. Guess what? That was the biggest door opener I've ever seen. Great job. Right? Our gifts, our gift given in love, opens the door, or opens the door for that love to make an infinite change in other people's lives. Amen? Is that not what we're wanting? Is that not what we're looking for? Let's look at one other thing that Paul said, if I can find it. It's in one of the Timothys. First Timothy 1, and we will for sure end with this. Verse 5 and 6. Tell you what, do we have it in the... Nah, just put it in the King James. That'll work. King James. First Timothy 1, 5 and 6. Now the end of the commandment. In other words, after everything I'm telling you, this is the end of what I'm trying to get to you. Is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and faith unfeigned. This is, this is what we're called to do. This is what, this is what Paul preached. He said, he said, after everything I've just told you, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to love with a pure heart. Amen? And with a good conscience. In other words, hear from the Lord and love. That's what he's saying. I want you to hear from God and I want you to love. I want you to do what's right and I want you to do it in love. And I want you to do it with unfeigned faith. I want you to do it with real faith. What kind of faith is that? Faith in God. Amen? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, follow after love. It's the same thing as he said in 1 Corinthians. Follow after love and have faith in what love can do. And if we do that, we'll change the lives of people. We'll do what Peter said. He said, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. In other words, we'll change our motives and we'll change the world around us. We'll change us first. If we change our motives, God's love will first change us. And then it, was, it will enable us to change those around us. And it will enable that gift to change those around them. And it's, un, it's infinite. You see what I'm saying? The gift given in love with the right motive has infinite value. And that gift starts in us. Amen? The love of God's been shed abroad where? In our hearts. So if you get a pure heart with that love, you're on your way. Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I believe it. I believe that if we take this love and we take it and allow it to be our motivation in everything we do, I believe we'll not only change the situations and the circumstances, it'll be more than just giving. It will be... <laughs> I don't know how to put it. You would explode in places. <laughs> what, what happened with Dave today? He went over there and exploded. And man, love got over everyone. And they got happy and they got healed, and their needs got met, and good things started happening in their life. That We are the blessing of the Lord going somewhere to happen. Everything, Everything and every place we go, in love, we're going someplace to happen to somebody else. Amen? Glory to God.